Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to the A7 O Beyond podcast, season two, episode seven. This will be our closeout for uh, season two. And uh, lots been going on lately in the world, from a uh, coronavirus to uh, three more African Americans being unjustly murdered, um, and. Last week was probably the uh, probably the tipping point of of it all, especially when that recording came out. Um, I didn't watch the video because I'm just to the point where I'm just tired of just seeing it. Like I didn't think it was good, me personally, for me to watch it. You know, mentally, um, it's just becoming a common norm which is sad that's becoming so common even for the ones that we don't hear about or see or the ones that go unnoticed or you know get in the news later um it was sad what they did to uh the brother george florida minnesota and i mean folks are showing their frustration and anger and aggression toward the system that has been unwilling to even change or even hear the voices or hear our voices. Um, it's been especially hard on the mothers and the wives and the daughters and, you know, everybody else in the family, brothers, you know, uncles, aunts, but it's always been hard on the the mothers and you know, women in general, because it's just you only you, you only do. I mean, you can, as a parent, you can think you're protecting and getting your kid ready, get getting them ready for the world. Um, but when you're born African American, it's like you have to teach them the game and hope they don't slip up and let them let them know where the potholes are and, and, and where not to go and how to interact and and it's a constant you know it's just a constant struggle I mean it's like nowadays you gotta teach your kids how to how to interact with authorities before they can walk and growing up in a system that just keeps on changing from Slavery to Jim Crow, all the way up to now, everything is systematic. You know what we do or try. It's just it gets tiresome. Like this has probably been my most stressful time that I can remember in my life for the past couple weeks. Uh, last Tuesday or Wednesday, like we was in the bed, me and my wife was in the bed. My wife just turned over. It's like, man, how you doing? And I was just like, like I broke down because it's just, it's like no matter what you do in this life, in this world, that your skin is a weapon. It's considered a weapon to some. Like, they don't look at you as a human being. 
they don't consider you a, a human, especially when you start growing and maturing, because once you get to a certain age and you start either acting out or something, they want to throw you into an alternative program, which is nothing but a prison pipeline uh, solution to the problem they think they can fix. They consider you aggressive. Um, they consider us like just less than. And it's just, it's just a little stressful. Like to see the pain and anguish and frustration and just every emotion that you can possibly think of and people face, especially in, in my people's face, it's just, it's like it, it drains you because you feel like no matter what, like something's going to happen to you. You may not even put it out there to the universe or pray about it, but it's just something about our skin that just that just threatens people for no reason. So I'm happy about all the protesting, you know, people expressing they expressing their frustrations and wanting their voice heard. You know, I've seen some good uh some good reactions from certain police departments around around the nation, from other countries. I've seen some not so good responses. Especially in the city I live. Um, I think some people that's getting into protests may have alternative motives. Because it's, it's just weird that when we protest, it always gets the negative tension that protesters are not even aware of. And so they have to defend that. And it's more of, you see who's doing it. Like I've seen videos of cops dressed all in black air pieces, busting windows with hammers. Mysteriously bricks are being set out in certain places of the city and certain cities around, around the U S looting um but you got a whole lot of people at home that before this happened was waiting on the check from the president or the government but that check turned into a debit card but the envelope has never been marked as from the u.s government <clears throat> so you have people that's been out of work out there struggling. And even before this protest came along, you had white men in Michigan protesting because they couldn't go out because the governor had put in, in effect a curfew and forbid certain businesses not to be open to stop the spread of the coronavirus. But there they are at the Capitol, strapped up like... But you never once heard the president call them thugs. 
or nothing. He didn't send the military out because he can't defend his base. That's his base. Like, he's going to do anything to protect his base. And right now, his base is unemployed. And the unemployment rate is high. So, he's going around trying to just do whatever he can to get his base back to work so he can get reelected. But when this murder came out, when this murder happened, and if you watched it, you know it lasted eight minutes, 46 seconds. And I was watching an interview on The Breakfast Club. It was DJ Envy, and he was talking to Stacks, Stephen Jackson. Um, and he was just describing, like, what he was seeing when he was watching the video with his wife. Like, how a dude was calling for his mom, and his mom died two years ago. And how the, the officer was looking with his hands in his pocket and a smirk on his face. Like, getting enjoyment out of taking this black man life knowing that he's probably thinking like I'm going to get off I can do what I want I can say what I want I can it's my it's my story against your videotape your your camera phone like it don't matter all over allegedly a a forced check slash uh, phony bill and the stories that's coming out now is that he didn't he wasn't the one that did it, which is sad that he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like for a man to be trying trying to do so hard so hard to, you know, do better with his life only to get cut only get it cut down. Because a cop wanted to be over aggressive. And the other three cops that was watching him didn't have any kind of power to stop him. They just sat there and was basically willing participants. Like, ever since slavery has always been, they make example out of out of somebody in front of somebody and dared them to do something. And a couple of doing something. I mean, one comes to mind is Nat Turner. Um, I'm probably forgetting some more, but that's the one just come off top. Um, then when they freed us, it turned into, well, it's too many, it's too many of them doing all the work. We got to pay them this money. And, there was a bunch of them, a bunch of former slaves becoming millionaires because they were still taking care of the farms, getting a good, good, good wage for it. White people didn't like it. And also, it was more slaves that didn't have anywhere to go because where are you going to go? So then you come up to the 1900s. Emmett Till happens. And after that happens, some, I'm going to guess, 60 years later, the woman said she lied. 
He never did whistle it or whatever. Like, that's what we have to go through. Like, it's, it's too many people that, that, that lack human decency or human compassion. Just in general. It's too many fake Christians that I'm seeing. Fake people that believe in a higher power. Of and and of the opposite race, that's quick to say, man. You know, MLK wouldn't want that. Like to be honest, y'all didn't like MLK until he was dead. Y'all didn't like Muhammad Ali until he got that disease and couldn't talk no more. You only like them when they not you when when you don't like them when they they have a voice and their voice carries weight. Within their community and their culture. As soon as you shut them up. You try to use the words. That they used to say. And and, and try to convince. Black people to be like. No. Man, MLK said this. And see they only give you. So much of the speech. Like MLK was more than. I have a drink speech. Like. But. Folks are ignorant and don't want to research that. People don't look at that after I have a dream speech. His other speeches that that began to show a new, uh, um, a more open side to Martin as far as economic development and what he thought that we were going to get during the civil rights and, and the I have a dream speech that we that we haven't even got yet. Even Brother Malcolm X. Like. You liked now. But back when you were living. Your disapproval rating was high. High through the roof. And they quick to always misquote. Rape like leaders. Or. They try to tell you. Man. Yeah, they 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 need to have a leader like Obama should do more or 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 this person should do more where well, they were doing more but you didn't like them you didn't like their approach but now since something is going on and you feel threatened you feel like oh like this leader can do something Colin Kaepernick took a knee for a reason and y'all blackballed this man but then the biggest hypocrisy of it was Roger, Roger Goodell released that statement, and I I read it. I saw it before. Well, I didn't see it before everybody else. I saw it about the same time everybody else did. I got I saw it that night before. It, I didn't post it. I read it. I was just like, this is the biggest crock of shit ever, because this what the this was what the whole protest was about. But folks tried to make it about the flag about the military, about the vets. It's a whole lot of people in the media. Fox, Tommy Lauren, Hannity, like all those bigots, ignorant people, Candace Jones, that need to apologize. But they can't. And they won't.
because it will anger their base. Like, that was just like the biggest hypocrisy I've ever seen for a person to release that statement, knowing what you and the rest of the NFL did to this young black man that was just trying to bring attention and awareness to something that's been going on before he got in the league, when he was on his high, and when he was at his lowest. People quick to criticize, like, oh, he should just, nobody wants to hear a third-string quarterback. Nobody want to hear a, a, a TV celebrity either, but we hear him every day saying stupid stuff. He's quick to say, man, when he wasn't when he wasn't president, what Obama should have been doing, but he's not doing none of that. But he gets a pass. Like it's trash. Like dude is not the president of the people. He's president of his base. He has a base that that actually think they're doing better under him than they did under Obama and probably Bush. But if they would actually realize that they're actually doing the same as under both president, they would actually be like, man, like this guy's not even getting me out, out of my situation I'm in now. But they don't want to. He don't respect the protesters. People quick to say, man, he's he's did a lot for for criminal reform justice. Why? Because he released a couple, like three or four. But you still got Larry Hoover, Big Meech and them in jail. Like you got other quote unquote kingpins and drug dealers in jail. But while they've been in jail doing something that was free enterprise turned around and tried to and legalized it and it's mainly white people. See you took an economic advantage away because oh black people are making too much money off this. We need to find a way to legalize it and get into white people's hands. Just like tobacco, just like liquor. This ain't nothing but a rerun of what they did in the past. Like, I'm all for the protest. I'm not against, I'm, I'm not with the looting and destroying the businesses, especially when it comes to black-owned businesses. Or any business, but especially black-owned business. Because that process it took to get the loan, start paying on the loan, going through all that stuff they had to go through was probably hell itself. And to even get it insured and whatever else they had to do was probably hell itself. Before it to be destroyed and then they got to come back and go through that whole process, that's damn near like defeating. So... I just, 
Because, I mean, you you can't find a black person that hasn't had the experience with police. Like, my experience happened when I was 24. I had just got a 1988 Grand Marquise. And I was riding to my uh, my fair brother's house. So going through downtown, I look in my mirror. It's a cop car behind me, but he ain't got no lights on, no headlights, nothing. So I'm doing a speed limit. I ain't got nothing to worry about. So I'm playing my music. Music ain't too loud. No tent on the on the windows. So I get up to a church, and the church has like no lights on the side so it's just it's a dark street until you turn right until you turn left so he turns his lights on so i pull over i roll down my window like i hear this dude unbuckle something so i'm thinking like oh he may be just getting out his pen and paper he gonna ask me like what's my name and stuff this dude already halfway unholstered his gun and it was like license registration so I'm like okay I'm I'm about to I'm doing what I was taught I'm about to put my car in park my car's already in park I'm about to reach over to my glove compartment I don't have anything in this car I don't have a gun I don't have weed alcohol none of that I was like I'm about to reach over I was like can you watch me? I was like my hands up I'm reaching over so I reach over to the glove compartment and I have to press the sides of the uh, of the little, I guess, the clamp on the front for it to open up. I do that. I just hear the gun come out the holster. I just hear the sound and I hear the cop like, hey, don't move. I'm like, OK, I'm like, well, you can come around here and get my registration out the glove compartment. I said, I'm not moving no more. I'm not, like, I'm not doing nothing. So, I, he goes around and gets it. And he has, like, this look on his face, like, and it's not a brand new. It's 1988. It's, it's set in the sun. It's oxidized. It's... It was my first call. So, I'm sitting there. He's like, all right, can you get out? So, I'm like, okay. I get out. Turn my car off. I'm sitting on the hood. He goes to his car. Light's still on. Another one rolls up. So, I'm sitting here. And I don't have a cell phone, by the way. I ain't get a cell phone until I was like 26. I'm just sitting there. And the other guy comes up and he's like, do you know this car is reporting stolen? And I was like, no, can't be reported stolen because my name's on the registration. Like, I got this car a couple weeks ago. Like, I got it from an elderly white couple. He's like, well, it's coming back in our in our system. It's stolen. I'm like, man, sir, you may have to check that again. And I said, sir, because... My thing is, I give you respect 
even if I feel like you don't deserve that respect. This is how I was raised. Calm. And you, I'm 6'3". At the time, I was like, 6'4". I'm about 6'4". 380. So, I'm already looking, threatening to these guys. They were smaller than me. But at no point was I was like, oh, man, I, I can take these guys. Like, no, I'm still going to give you respect. So he go run it again, and he comes back. It's like, oh, it ain't, it, it's not stolen. But you, you need to fix your taillight. And I was like, well, that's where I was going, sir. I was going over my friend, my friend brother's house so he can help me fix the light. He was like, okay. He, um. You know, giving me my stuff. I ain't up getting back in the car and going about my business. That car ended up following me all the way to my frat brother's house. He was, at the time, he stayed in an apartment complex. So, that's my experience with the police. Um, yeah, it could have been worse. But I've always tried to. Like, stay out the way. Like, not on no afraid shit. Not on no, um, I'm better than anybody. Just stay out the way. Because I already know, person of my size, my height, I'm already a, a, a massive weapon when they look at me. So, <laughs> I just stay the fuck out their way. Like, I've had my great grandmas and, you know, folks tell me how, how just white people were, are, are in general. Like, keep it real with me. Like, this is how white people act. This is what they do. And they don't have no remorse for it. I see some that have remorse. I see some that don't have remorse. I see some that don't understand and have never understood the Black Lives Matter hashtag because they refuse to understand it. Like they don't they they don't get that yeah, you can you can dibble and dabble in our culture. You can listen to the music. You can think you down with the struggle. You can use the slang. But what happens when a cop rolls up behind you? You're white. You, you don't have to worry about your heart racing, anxiety, hands sweating, worrying if you got everything, wondering what's in the car, wondering, just wondering. Like you don't you don't have that, like <laughs> I tell some people like man I I think some white people just like doing this because it's like a adrenaline rush. Like it, it it's dangerous. It's like man, man I'm down with the culture. Like no you don't, you don't understand this culture. Like this culture is more than you know, as the new folks say having drip. Uh, I came up on being fly, being cool, being clean. Um, being yourself, being unique, have your own style. 
only for to get hijacked by the other culture and 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 considered oh man this is this is urban this is edgy and no this is our life this is 24 7 this ain't no this ain't no shit that you turn off this ain't no you wake up and you you another color this <laughs> this ain't like a uniform this this stays on 24 7 this is a real life experience that some have gave their life for and and the whole nine in order for they 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 lineage to live on and 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 hope during their time hard times and stuff that stuff would actually change and it hasn't like folks can say it has it has got better nah like if you actually think that stuff like what happened the past couple the past I say the past month with Aubrey in Georgia Brianna in Kentucky and big Georgia Minnesota would not be a norm and it's kind of funny how we watch videos versus how they watch videos well if he wouldn't did this or if he wouldn't have did that if he would have just complied what else can you do Because it's funny how unarmed you get shot down. You get treated like an animal. You knock off a church, you get to go to Burger King with a bulletproof vest on. You shoot up a school, you get walked out. Y'all ain't going there for the kill shot. My favorite thing... Especially what they like to say, man, all cops are not bad. Shit. Like, they run it. Like, it's just, it, it's, it's sad. At the end of the day, it's sad that it's 2020, and this has been a shit, a, a hellacious year, a hellacious year. And I'm grateful to be here, be on this side of the dirt. Always gonna be grateful for that, but it's just been hellacious from just unexpected deaths to the coronavirus to social distancing to. You can't see none of your loved ones as much as you want to this the the past couple of weeks past over past month or so with the deaths and stuff like it's stressful. I ain't gonna sit here and lie and say it ain't stressful. Like folks want to tell us how to protest. Hey. <laughs> Sit-ins, water holes, attack dogs, uh, batons, uh, dragged out forcefully, take a knee, uh, get your career took away. Muhammad Ali lost two or three years of his prime because he didn't want to go fight in a war that had nothing to do with him. Uh, uh, 
credit card just passed the note to George Bush. And I think he played in the NBA no more, not too long after that. You can't tell nobody how to protest, especially when you have never been through what our ancestors have been through and what we are currently going through now. I'm speaking like on everything from the black female, the black male, transgender, the LBGTQ community, like all of that. You will never understand the the stress and turmoil that we have to go through. And stop bringing up that damn man. Because I ain't going to lie. I used to be guilty of it. But I used to say it in a way that wasn't demeaning or that took away from what happened. I used to say it in a way that was like, well, yeah, we have this problem too. But I looked at it as we have this problem. But when Tony killed Tyrone, he go to jail. When John the cop killed Greg, took three days to get him. Hell, they just had a cop that killed a white woman. I think he was a Muslim. I want to say he was an African-American. He was a cop on the force. They got him in two days. He went to jail. I think he's doing 12 to 25 years. It took three days to get him, and the picture don't even look like this guy. I'm sorry. If y'all can't see that that... Guy in the picture don't look like that guy that stood on the back of that dude's neck. Maybe it's me. And I wear glasses. Now you got your president out here going to various religious sites, taking pictures, holding up the Bible upside down. For what? You're not you're not preaching. You you're not preaching patience. And, and understanding. Like. Because. You never understood. You can hang. You can try to hang your head on. The black unemployment rate being the lowest it's ever been. But that happened under Obama. It started going down in Obama's. I want to say. Second or third year. His first term. Then you didn't you basically got rid of his pandemic uh, crisis package and said he didn't leave you with nothing. When, in fact, Mitch McConnell came back and said he did leave you with something. You want the country to open up so bad. That you'll you'll do anything, you'll you'll harm any citizen. But it's mainly African Americans. We make up so much. We make up I'm I'm guesstimating. I don't have the accurate numbers in front of me. But we don't we don't we don't make up that big of a general population in the United States. But we make up a a a high uh percentage in, in prisons. 
you can release them couple and they can go out there and talk about you for a while. Man, Trump is a great president. No, they don't know you yet. Or you gave them a bag and they just doing that to be your puppet. Which, hey, everybody has a price. But my morals and my dignity and my character, no, I can't rock it like that. I even caught, which is a first, Rush Limbaugh on The Breakfast Club. And I'm not a huge Charlemagne the God fan. But him and the rest of Bre- Breakfast Club, Angela Yee, Angela Yee and, and uh, DJ Envy asking him about the problems and white systematic racism and and systemic racism and him just sitting there saying, oh, that's just a made-up liberal term by the Democrats. Just that. I'm just like, you actually believe that? Though? Like, you're one of them old guys that grew up in this system. You can't say, man, look what you, look what y'all got. Look what y'all did. Y'all, y'all got to the top. Yeah, but some of them that's more talent don't even have the same access. You can't say education is is afforded to everybody when it's not. Systematic racism controls all levels from education to finances. Johnny goes into the bank. He got the same credit score as Tyrone. How Johnny get the how Johnny get the loan with a low interest rate? Would you turn around and give Tyrone the one with the highest interest rate that he'll probably never be able to pay back? Same way as the justice system. Two people commit rape. Don't matter where they are. No matter if they're different states or whatever. How you give one six months, you hit the other one with 30 years. Both first-time offenses. Like, stuff needs to change. Like, I'm not changing my habits. I'm not going to tell my kid, my sons to grow up and be afraid of anybody. Only thing I can do is equip them with the knowledge I have and raise them to be upstanding citizens, but also remain... Authentic black men. And shit, while I'm on this rent. Uh I get it. Everybody has a difference of opinion on protesting. You on the front line, if you ain't this, that, the other. Look, all that is divisive. To me, that's my opinion. Like, me telling you not to go out because they got a curfew, but you saying, I'll never go out. Like, bro, hey, end of the day, all I'm worried about is make sure the people that's out there is okay and nothing's happening because 
pay for it to escalate into something else. They are already trying to activate the National Guard or have activated the National Guard. I don't know. I go home, I go to work, I go to sleep. And even during my sleep, I can't get a full eight hours of sleep because I'm always worried about, man, I hope everybody that's out there is fine. I hope nobody's getting hurt. I hope it's, it's no more uh, quote-unquote murder. But then you wake up and you see some kids in Atlanta getting tased in the car by six officers. A, a homegirl of mine's cousin got killed in Oakland at the federal uh, at the federal building. Cop got shot in the head. A couple cops got hurt in another city. And it's like, okay, what are we doing now? And it's not... I understand that it ain't everybody in the protest. Yes, you do have people that's there for actually... They want genuine change. And they want their voice heard. Then you got the rest... Another subsection that's about whatever they're about. But then you may have a subsection within that subsection that may want to take it up a notch. But then you may have the opposing race that may ride by and try to agitate and incite stuff. Which when cops see that, they need to arrest them. Because it's peaceful, but then they roll through all of a sudden, it's like, hey, what's up? Like, we can get with it. Now everybody's now everybody's on edge. And there's a lot of people that's been showing their true colors on all these social networks and stuff, from Twitter, Instagram, Snap, TikTok, all whatever you want to name. Some of y'all have really been showing y'all true colors on how y'all really feel. Some of y'all been speaking up. And I applaud I, I I applaud that. Some of my good what I call Christian people. Well some of y'all I question how y'all wake up and, and and pray to the same God that I pray to. Like we all going to have that judgment day one day. I know everybody's read Revelation and the description of, of, of Jesus. I hope you're not thinking he that dude that's sitting in your church in that picture with fair hair and blue eyes. Would y'all be quick to to misquote the Bible, misquote Martin, misquote a whole lot of other people. But it's funny when people quote Trump, oh, that's not what he meant. That's 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 not what he no, that's not what he was really saying. Like this dude is an incompetent leader. My three year old has more sense than he he has. You either with change or you can get ran over by change. Because it's coming. 
Sam Cooke said it best. A change is going to come. Like, I'm happy to see the people out there that I do see from the few celebs I do see that's actually on the ground. From Steven Jackson, uh, Shannon Sharp speaking his mind, my homeboy Malik in Memphis, um, uh, homegirl, Little Rock named Ebony, um, uh, Laganzi in Jonesboro, um, big or small. Anybody that's actually out there, actually capturing the moments, keeping people up to date about what's really happening because you know how the media do stuff. Oh, they spin that motherfucker like it's a goddamn dreidel. And have you thinking, man, they out here just looting. They out here just, just causing a ruckus. And that's not true. And I appreciate y'all. Um... I just say, just look at your politicians. Look at people that represent your district, mayors, chiefs, judges, district attorneys. If they don't have your best interest, that's what I want us to get back to. If this stuff, if 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 you vote for people that don't line up with you morally, why the fuck you vote for them? Don't vote for them because you're in the park. And they don't line up with what you are morally. Why are you vote for them? And get back to having like decent, like human decency, like empathy, sympathy. And stop misquoting stuff. If you're going to do something, rewrite that damn constitution. Or it's the Bill of Rights. I want to say it's the Bill of Rights, but I could be mistaken because I do. I ain't do no research. I just got on here and this all coming from the hot, from from the head. It's one of those that still consider black people three fifths of a person. So how about we start there? Because until then, all men are not created equal. Because this is written by all white men at the time. That own slaves. Because if we were created equal, we would have been at the table. They would have been at the table. And this would have been fair. If you want, some, if what black people want is. Access to economic, uh, economic, god damn it, I just had it in my head. Economic resources, by actually fair justice system, quality education, quality health care. And the fifth, and probably the number one, be left the fuck alone by the cops and Karens. Stop calling when we out there. Having a picnic, bird watching, jogging, reading a book, falling asleep in the lounge, trying to check into our apartment, getting into our car, walking our dog, chasing our kids, 
playing tag, swimming. Cut that shit out. But that's what we want. Economic access. Education. Healthcare. Be left fuck alone. Like, don't look at me as a weapon. You don't view me as a weapon or any black man that's a weapon when they playing sports. When when they open their mouth, oh, he don't supposed to talk. He don't supposed to say anything. That man has a mind. That woman has a mind. Whatever they want to identify has a mind. If they have a voice and they have concerns, you should listen to them. Especially with this impacting their community, their culture, their family, their heritage. In closing, all I can tell you, my people, I got mad love for you. I love all my black people. I hope we get the justice we want. I hope we get the change we want. I hope we get the change and justice that we need to see. I pray for y'all's safety and health and well-being in these difficult times. I catch y'all in season three. This is Kenneth Winston Jr., A7O Beyond Podcast. I'm out.